Hello and welcome aboard Fighting Catholic Jet Lag. My name is JC and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm a flight attendant and I'm on a journey to find my place within the Catholic Church. I'll be accompanied by my friend and co-host, Father Larry Hostetter, a priest of 34 years and a doctor of sacred theology. He's a Catholic University president. And for our discussion, he'll serve as spiritual ground control to keep things on course for our flight back to faith. We'll be navigating through difficult and uncomfortable issues, so prepare for a bit of turbulence along the way. There won't always be easy answers, but no subject will be off the table. If you're ready to explore your own doubts and questions and reclaim your faith with us, then sit back, buckle up, relax, and enjoy our flight to faith. What's up with that photo that you put on Facebook of you floating <laughs> out of the plane yeah. in your um, stewardess getup? I can't say stewardess. No, you can say stewardess. You can, say stewardess. you can call me whatever you want. Flight attendant. I have a bag tag that says stewardess on it. And anytime the flight attendants see it, they're, they think it's hilarious. So, we, I mean, it's, it's fine. You can call me stewardess. See, when I was growing up, the stewardesses were probably as well-trained as ever but you knew nothing about their safety training. It was all about mm. their work as servers. And like then hostesses. Some, hostesses. Kinda, yeah. And if something happened, then everything else would kick in. And now you're a little bit more aware of we're here for your safety. Well, now it's, they say, always number one, when you don't know what to do, it's always safety first, customer service second. So they've kind of changed that. When I applied for the job, um, it was many interviews. And then we did a group interview with about a hundred people. But leading up to that, I had to take this like personality test and it was asking questions like, what would you do in this situation? And I thought it would be like a customer service question. Like, oh, well, I wouldn't want to ruffle any feathers. But if you go into it thinking safety first, then you can't lose with that. So that's what yeah, they want they want you to be more safety minded. So, folks, if you haven't seen this photo yet, I think you can see it on. Did you post this just on your personal Facebook page, mm-hmm. or is, is this also yeah, on? Yeah, it's on my Instagram. Okay, well, not everybody has your Instagram. So uh, well, then what is it? it? At JC lately, but we get this posted on our uh, Finding Catholic Jet Lag too because it's relevant. You realize when you're in this picture, you look like you're stepping out into the void. I mean, there's no sense that, I mean, I uh, hope there's a jetway there. There is a jet bridge. Yeah. yeah. So um, that you're <laughs> not just walking that. the plank out. I didn't even notice But here's that. my question. This is something I don't understand. So lots of people commented. They liked the picture. But, uh, several people said, so stinky cute or stinking <laughs> cute. No one is said that stinky a stinky cute. Yeah, look right here. No, stinking cute. Stinking stinkin cute. cute. And this cute. right up here no, is. not stinky cute. Well, and it says it right here. Look. Where is, where is it? I saw it. No, no one wrote no, stinky cute. Right here. Right, There's right no there. way. Karen had, you're so stinky cute. We, Karen, she meant to write stinking. Definitely. But that's hilarious that you picked up on that. Well, I was just reading stinky through it. I was like, what does that like, mean? Stinky cute. Like when you say something like. The, like the opposite, like I love you so much, I just want to eat you up. What you'd say, I don't like understand a that either. That's right. Weird. That's it's the same meaning. I love so, that. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of stinking cute, Rebecca's mom friended. Oh, my- <laughs> that is the best segue I've ever heard for your mother. Hello, Joe. 
Actually, I did think it was uh, Rebecca's <laughs> older sister until she told me it was Oh, mom, my gosh. So. How many times has she gotten that? Yeah. She really is so stinky cute. So I've gotten so all sorts funny. of friend requests in starting this broadcast. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. And about I, that? So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Well, I... And have... we have now a listener from Grenada. Yeah. Uh, welcome. Welcome. And We're Guam. So here. Oh, well, I think I know who Guam is. France. I think I know who France is. Um... Uh, Spain, Spain, Spain is Germany, Anne Canada, Christine. Canada is Emily Filowich. If you're listening, there might be other people too. <laughs> just Not kidding. just your friends. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, United Kingdom, Japan. Oh, uh, oh, I thought that's a Croatia, oh, Australia. What the heck? Do you think that's really? A, I don't think that's real though. This app knows exactly where it's okay so this app our we have a podcast app and it tells us which ben will tell you about during the commercial during the commercial okay so we have this podcast app and it tells you like your analytics and some of those are it tells you what countries you're being listened to in and we just we think that's really cool don't we yeah it is pretty cool we're worldwide baby Yep. So anything else exciting happen this week? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, I, okay. You so, had the 70% off bar tab in Milwaukee last time, I think. And I got you all some beer. And do you like it? What do you think? Uh, it is good. Tell them what it's called. Uh, JC brought some beer that her husband really likes and wanted me to try it. And so I did. Yeah. And it was called, what was the name of that beer? I think it's Spotted Spotted Cow. Cow. It's a Milwaukee beer. Okay. And I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Ben loves it. The last time I was in Milwaukee, I brought him a case home. And so I texted him while I was there. And he's like, yeah, definitely give me some more. So I went to the liquor store. and I bet you can get it here. No, you can't. Because the guy at the liquor store said, oh, I have a pilot that comes in twice a year with a huge bag and bubble wrap, and he'll sit here for an hour because he wants the bottles. I'm like, that's the most pilot thing I've ever heard. But no, you can't get it here. Trust me, I've tried. I uh, Shouldn't we introduce ourselves at some point? Who? All right. <clears throat> this is Father Larry Hostetter, priest 34 years. And this is J.C. Hartz, stewardess, flight attendant, 13, 14 years, <laughs> 15 Seven and a half. Seven and a half years. Don't age me. Don't age her. I'm not a senior mama yet. So um, going. we're not having a clarificational because this is the second part of a two-part series on death and the afterlife. Okay. You know, heaven, hell, purgatory, we've already talked about. We don't really need to talk, talk, talk about that anymore. Um, and um, uh, judgment. judgment. So... So purgatory is not the last judgment then? You know, it, no, purgatory is, there's two types of judgment. So when we die, let's first of all establish we die, right? Part of living is learning how to die. And in fact, the medievals had this wonderful tradition of um, dying well, the art of dying, they called it. And it was an expectation that when you came to the end of your life, uh, you should die or attempt to die as well as you tried to live well. Barb said she doesn't want to go quietly. She's like, I want to slide in like I'm going to home base. Well, <laughs> like, and, that was fun. Yeah. And that's, you know, 
um, that's a great way to go. For other people, it might be, I want to make sure, you know, I have my will in place, that anybody I've offended, I've I've apologized to. Have you done your apology tour? I have not. Because I'm still a couple of decades away, I would think. I probably need to start. (laughs) You need to leave. I could do it right now. Hey, everybody, anybody that I have offended or hurt in my lifetime, I'm I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. That kind of makes me think about something that we we should cover at some point. But um, our friend Sarah was texting me today. And um, right now with the pandemic, there's a lot of talk about end times. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of anxiety and uncertainty. And I was telling Sarah, like, I feel really glad right now because I feel at peace because last year at this time, I didn't feel at peace because I wasn't working and everything was kind of out of sorts. And she said, we were texting and she said, I don't feel like Catholics ever talk about end times. Do you? And I said, I guess with purgatory, we think there are too many other things to worry about. <laughs> She's like, good boy. But, you know, that's a really good. That'd be a great topic. And, yeah. Because, you know, there's so much, especially in the part of the country we live in, that has to do with what's called dispensationalism or a way of looking Wait. at the end of the world from the point of what's view. What's dispensationalism? It's a, it's a type of a, a way of understanding the, the end time, the great dispensation. And usually when people talk about like the rapture, yes, those kinds of that. things, that's what that what's fit in there. But that's not part of Catholic tradition. We so do believe that everything will come to an end someday, but we'll talk about that here in a moment. We will? As part of the judgment. Heck yeah. So, But first I wanted to establish that everybody understands we all die. I know, but I feel like you guys are doing this to torture us. You're like, we're going to die. Who's, so who's you guys? You and my mom. Oh, <laughs> hey, little B. It's like, we are, we are. I get voicemails that are like, you didn't call me back when I'm not here one day. You're going to wish you called me back. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like you're torturing me. So stop talking about it. Let's just pretend like it's not happening. And I think that is one of the very serious modern problems is that we don't like to deal with death at no, all. No, it's not that. It's just that I'm going to get all sad. Because like, we don't, we don't. you know, I was just thinking about this on the way in. We, I mean, I can't remember how old I was before I had a family member to die. I think I was an adult. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's not the experience of our great-grandparents or great-great-grandparents where death was a lot more common and death of young people was a lot more common because of disease. Um, you know, it's my understanding that you know, just even a couple hundred years ago, maybe just a hundred years ago, death in childbirth was pretty normal. I mean, I don't call it normal, but it was common, yeah. you know, and, and that's a horrible thing. It's not a good thing, but it made people realize that, the doorway to the other side was often a lot closer than what we would think it is. We always think of it as something far away, and especially in our American culture. Why not? Why not just let us believe it? Because then we forget that that's a part of life, and that we're that this this life is is wonderful and it's beautiful, and we should enjoy every second that we can of it, and we should make the most of it that we can. But we also do all of that knowing that we've got a destiny that exceeds our imagination and eye has not seen and ear has not heard of what we will be experiencing one day. That doesn't mean we live life 
you know, all uh, dour and sad because we're going to die someday. But I think recognizing that, yeah, this 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 life is transitory. I mean, you whatever. Know, I think it's morbid, and I wish you guys would stop. Well, you know. <laughs> Some people and people do different things to try to um, to torture their children, or to try to avoid discussing it or facing it. Like uh-huh. you know, I'm not doing that now. I'm not Botox. avoiding. <laughs> I quit, Rebecca. <laughs> um, so uh, we all die. I, mean, I think we've beaten that to death, right? Puns. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and at the end of our lives, we, uh, we remember we talked last week that we come before God in a moment of uh, intense love and mercy. And the experience of purgatory is when we're washed through and through with that love and mercy, which cleanses us and heals us of anything that we need to be healed of. As part of that, we experience what's called the judgment. And in our tradition, we talk about judgment in two ways. We mentioned this last time, particular judgment and a... um, General judgment. The particular judgment, if we're looking at this purely from the point of view of time, which again, I don't think this all happens in sequence the way things happen in our world today, where we live in space and time, because we're leaving space and time. This really happens in kind of an mm. eternal moment, single moment. Like the blink of an eye. Like the blink of an eye. It's not even the blink of an eye, it's an eternal now. It's where, That's er, crazy it's to think. Now, about. always. And so all of these things, ha- and we talk about it sequentially because we're space and time people, but I, I think it, it's it's more of an experience of eternity. So at, at death, I think as part of that purging experience, that purification, we become aware of our own sinfulness. I think also of our own goodness. I mean, I don't think this is one of those things where the judgment, God says, hey, look at all the bad things you did. I think here here's where you really, you know, glorified me by your actions. Um, but you know, here, maybe you missed the mark a little bit or you didn't quite get it, get it right. Yeah. Um, but one of the questions that came up, um, and, and actually Rebecca, I think you had this question. Uh, maybe your husband had this question, which I think is really good in terms of how, how we then go to heaven or hell, because we talked last week that, uh, JC had mentioned that hell then is probably an, pretty rare thing if we have that final choice of choosing eternity with God or choosing hell. Mm-hmm. And maybe before we get to that question, let's just talk about what what heaven and hell is. Heaven is our fulfillment. It's where everything that we've been created for is it happens to us. Uh, and we are brought into God's presence. We're made one with God. The uh, more traditional way of talking about this is the beatific vision that we would be, You're losing me. Yeah. Well, vision, how we see things, beatific happiness. So it's beatific the happy, is, yeah, okay. the happy vision. Um, and I used to think when I was a kid, that would be pretty boring heaven where you're just sitting around happy looking at God. But the idea of vision here is the vision is where you become one with God. And that's your fulfillment. It's like putting the square peg in the square hole. You fit perfectly. It's what we were made for. That's heaven. And we don't do that alone. We do that in community with each other. We experience each other. We have our own identities. We don't become subsumed into God as some uh, faith traditions. Really? Hold. That's we, we maintain who we are. We, we 
we're no longer married in in heaven, but yeah, we, we only promise we t- till death. Yeah, who, was that your joke? No, but I've you've heard that joke. The old lady who said uh, after her husband died, they said you'll get to see him again someday and, he, and be with like, him in heaven no forever. She says no. Only promise I made was until death do us part. Until death do us part. Holding true to that. So are you assigned someone else in heaven, a new spouse? You don't need a spouse. I get kind of bored. I'm a serial monogamous. This kind of goes back to the whole point of what we talked about a couple weeks ago, the perpetual virginity of Mary, that we are fulfilled in God. And and if I knew they were assigning someone to Ben, I would hunt her down. Yeah. So you can't do that anyway. So they can't do that. So, right. you know, so the perpetual virginity of Mary makes perfect sense as something that we're all destined to. Yeah. Because you would not put up with somebody else being assigned to Ben. Hell no. <laughs> Literally, pun intended. Hell no. <laughs> One of us would be out there. So anyway, that's heaven. And, you know, we, the scriptures talk about heaven the golden streets and, you know, everybody's happy. You have what you have. God is building a mansion for you or Jesus is building a mansion for you in his father's house. And that everything you have is, is what you need and you'll be perfectly happy. All of that. What does your heaven look like? Do you get something different since you're a priest? You can be honest. What do they tell you? No, I think uh, we, um, I think all of those images are just that images trying to describe is when people say, okay, what would make me the happiest? And that's how I'm going to imagine heaven, not realizing that whatever will make me happier is far exceeds my imagination. Yeah. So I just imagine Daisy. Imagine all my little pets. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll I think they'll be there. There's a good chance yeah. she might not be. Yeah. <laughs> well, because as you said she was a little bit of a heathen. She's a pagan. I took her to mass once. But pagans can get to heaven too. Not this one. I took her to mass and she borked. And it was Christmas Eve mass. And you know my track record for Christmas Eve mass. (laughs) So So hell then is the opposite of that. So if if heaven is our fulfillment. If heaven is a bunch of dogs, hell is. uh, All those dogs looking at you judgmentally. They do that anyway. Sad. I was gonna say cats, but <laughs> cats, yeah. No, I like cats. Um, so hell is the opposite of that. If heaven is our fulfillment, hell is our eternal frustration. And we established last week that somebody could choose theoretically to go to hell, but they wouldn't be surprised that they were going there. They would have to they would have to reject God's love freely offered and mercy freely offered. And say, no, thank you. So they'll be so steeped in sin that they that they don't even want to be anywhere close to God. I think, as I said last week, it's possible that that may not happen. That kind of sounds like it sounds closer to what we're living right now. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's flames and Lego pieces on the ground for you to step on. <laughs> it sounds like. Like if you're saying it's when we're eternally frustrated, we're choosing to be away from God and it's really hard. That sounds like any sin that we're choosing over God right now. Anything that's leading us away from him or our families or love. You know, I really think you're onto something because I think so many of the problems that we have in, in, in our world or that we have as individually are because we 
are frustrated and are looking for something that we can't find. Yeah. We're looking for, um, whether it's companionship, community, fulfillment, fill the hole. And that hole can be filled by God God. and only by God. Yeah. And I'm not talking about just purely in a spiritual way, because I think when we experience the full happiness of heaven, we experience it through each other as well. Mm -hmm. And so that emptiness that we, that is filled is not just God saying, okay, you're all I need, or I'm all you need. So let's not worry about the rest of these folks. It's we experience that fulfillment of God through the people we love. Wow. I just had, I just had a, an epiphany maybe. Yeah. Well, tell us about it. Okay. I was thinking, cause I've been praying a lot, like, oh my gosh, just fulfill me. I feel like I'm searching for something. I'm like, just come in and like wipe me clear of like the anxiety or the you know, wanting to be in a different place, like with flying, whenever I'm flying, like I want to be home, whenever I'm home, I'm dreaming about the next place I'm going and it gives me anxiety and it, I have worry about the future. And it's like, why? like, I just want that to be washed away. But if I would turn more to God, then those things will be fulfilled. Like whenever I'm flying, if I can wrap my mind more in God and not jealousy of not being home, then maybe that'll fill those holes. Yeah, I mean, I think we have we have we can be fulfilled in this life. We can experience satisfaction in this life, and but it's a mirror, an incomplete mirror of the full satisfaction and fulfillment that we will have when we are united to God in, in what we call heaven. Yeah, I I have a hard time. With, this might be blasphemous. Um, but I have a hard time believing that a hell can exist if God is all powerful. A hard time believing that Satan can exist. I mean, this makes no sense. If we're like, God is all knowing, God created everything, then how is he not more powerful than this thing that wants to take us away from him or this thing that's causing these bad things, you know, like when something bad happens and it's like, it was Satan. I remember, uh, Satan. (laughs) What was that? Church lady. Church lady. Satan. Satan? (laughs) Um, so, um, we're going to have, we, we, y'all been asking for a session on angels and Satan and demons and things like that. We'll do that sometime. Um, I can't wait for you to tell them about that. There's like a whole like group of priests that are assigned to do exorcisms. So it's like the it's coolest- not a whole group of priests. Apparently, there's some. I I don't talk about it a lot because I don't think it's very. It's that most important thing about our faith. That's literally one of the coolest things we have. Might be cool, but it's it- like. It's int- it's fascinating, and right. it's it's like knowing that there's a crew rest on an airplane. It's like oh, that's nothing, but to y'all, it's like there's bunk beds. Tell me more, right. you know, like that's how it is for us. So we cannot wait to hear more about right. that. No, no, no. I, I'm more, I, I'm more fascinated that there are elevators in 747s. Isn't that crazy? Down I know. It. How do you think we get the stuff up yeah. and down? Yeah. So anyway, where uh, were, what we? were we? Oh, yeah, you were at, yes, yeah, a very good question. How um, can, okay. So here's my question. How can, I have a hard time believing that hell can right. exist. That is Satan. If God is all powerful, how can, can exist. hell exist? So yeah. because God is going to do us like that. If, if, if God were only all powerful, you could make an argument. I think that hell 
didn't exist. But God is defined primarily as love. And most theologians argue that it's precisely because of God's love that hell must exist as an experience, as a state, um, because an all-loving God would not force you to be with him if you didn't want oh, to be. Oh, mic drop. So, it's, it's, so hell could be empty, and, okay. and, and it is likely empty. I think my, in my heart of hearts, I think all human beings ultimately accept God's love and mercy. Yeah. Uh, so it could be empty, but it has to exist because God is love. Hi, sorry to interrupt. This conversation is a pretty big one, so we're going to finish it up on next week's episode. Tune in next Sunday for part two. Before we go, let's join Father Larry for a closing prayer. Let us pray. So let's conclude this with prayer. Yes, um, Thanks for hanging with me I, through heaven and hell. Through heaven and hell. Everything in between. Um, let us pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Merciful God, grant me the grace to always recognize your call to love in all we do. Help me, help all of us to be an instrument of love to whoever we meet each and every day. Amen. Amen. Peace be with you. This podcast is ended. Go and love as you have been loved. And Godspeed. And Godspeed. <laughs>